it's super intimate, Eric. That's the whole kicker, right? Yeah. When you're listening to a podcast, you're listening to it in your quiet time. And I say this a lot, but when is the last time you were invited into your ideal prospect's quiet time without being creepy, right? right? Uh, and, and that's it for podcasts, <laughs> so right? People, people listen to while they're exercising, while they're driving, while they're cooking or whatever, and it's opt-in marketing. That's why it's so powerful. Yeah. And it also gives you an opportunity to build relationships and maintain relationships with people when it's convenient for them. And this is why, so I get pushback all the time about video, right? So everybody wants to do video, you know, Matt, I have to do video. Well, first off, are you trained to be behind the camera, right? Uh, you know, do you know what your face looks like? Do you know how to gesture appropriately? Do you know where, I mean, lighting, blah, 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 blah. But it's not portable. Like, well, I mean, I shouldn't watch videos when I'm driving, right? right. If I'm cooking, I'm probably not watching a video because I'm in the middle of cooking. Yeah. And so podcasts are just wicked portable. And the other important thing is the people who consume podcasts consume them for three things, entertainment, education, and storytelling. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing, and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery, and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. <laughs> Matt, you're a husband, father, Navy veteran, author, podcasting expert, speaker. You're also a partner there at Proudmouth and much more. Man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. I'd love to go back with my guests. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? I don't think anybody's asked me that question. Uh, so I'll, I'll make this short, Eric. Uh, so uh, I lived in nine states before I was seven. Uh, after I had found out that my my uh, my biological father embezzled uh, from hotels, and so we were in Dover, Delaware, and I remember sitting down at the kitchen table and my mom saying, "We're getting a divorce. We're moving back to Michigan." Uh, and then I didn't actually find out what was going on until much later in my life that that's actually what my dad was doing. He's about to go to jail, uh, which he never or did. And I'm sure he talked his way out of it because he was really good at that. Yeah. Uh, and then I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, I went to a school where um, I was very, very, very diverse. Uh, it's where I got behind the microphone for the first time at 13 years old. I was madman Matt Haller and on a high school radio station. Come on. And um, and so, yeah, so so growing up for me, I have an older brother who ended up being parentified at a very early age, which was not good for him but selfishly wonderful for me because I always had that person. My mom remarried when I was 13 uh, to, to a guy who just recently passed who ended up being a magnificent father figure for, for me and really opened my eyes to culture, uh, poetry, art, music. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for all of that. I love that, man. What, what a crazy start, though, to, to everything, yeah. man. Absolutely nutty. Now, uh, you know, I've had a lot of veterans on my show and a lot mm -hmm. of folks who have served 
what was the motivation behind you getting into the Navy? And then what was that transition like for you getting back into civilian life? Well, so, uh, what I, I have a very different route, uh, maybe. Okay. So when I was a junior in high school, I was in physics and a Navy recruiter came in and started talking about, and I don't know if they're allowed to do that anymore, but they were in when I was in school yeah. and they said, Hey, we've got this amazing program. Uh, it's all about nuclear power. And I was doing very, very well in physics. And my teacher was like, look, you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. Why don't you go take that ASFAB thing and see how you do. I freaking killed the test. It was the okay. first time I ever was successful with an academic test, Eric. I mean, I did terrible on my SAT, ACT. Yeah. And so I had signed up to become a, a sub nuclear electrician. Okay. So that's what I signed up for. But when I got into the delayed entry program, they found out I was colorblind, which is a really bad thing to be as a colorblind electrician. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I had to go in unrated. And okay. so I literally went through boot camp. Uh, was a deckhand, chipped paint for the first six months until I did my KP duty, uh, and then while I was in the first Gulf War uh, on a big ammunition replenishment ship. Uh, and um, my naval career was amazing, dude. I I volunteered for everything. I was. Uh, you might not be old enough to remember this, but there's a show called MASH, and yeah. there's a guy called Radar O'Reilly. That's what my job was. So I mm. literally followed the captain around all day. I was his whipping boy, literally. I bought him a carton of cigarettes every two days from the ship store. That's how much we smoked back then. Um, and uh, man, I, I, that was, the, and then I achieved just like I finally felt really successful. So anyway, the transition back to me uh, was very simple. And the reason why is because uh, I wasn't in the shit, right? Okay, I mean, we were in a war on an ammunition ship. We did get shot at, uh, but Navy's very different than being on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I also looked at the Navy as a job as much as it serving my country. Um, and so I was kind of an outlier anyway. Uh, so uh, I transitioned back to community college, which then Bill Clinton how long ago that was, yeah. uh, was offering people to get out of the service early uh, if they could prove they were going to college. So I got out at three and a half years to go to to go to community college. And then kind of I restarted my life there. Interesting. Wow, man, that's crazy, dude. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of friends that, that were also in Gulf War and things like that. And uh, man, the, the fact that you came back and were able to I didn't even remember that law that Clinton put into place. That's yeah. crazy. So like I mentioned, you're, you're a partner there at Proudmouth where you work with Kirk Lowe, the founder. You guys met at a, at a conference back in 2015, which is really cool to hear because I love yeah. that, that conferences bring people together like that. But for those who don't know, what is Proudmouth and how did all of it come together? Well, so Proudmouth is the brainchild between Kirk and I, where we realized that really busy experts are tired of having people tell them what to do. They need some people that they trust to do it for them. And for us, that's creating custom content. Uh, so we are a podcasting and social media, con uh, like organic content creation company. We work specifically in highly regulated environments. So, uh, you know, doctors, financial advisors, um, accountants and lawyers, because they all have oversight on what they can say. Like if you sell widgets, you can tell whatever you want to say about widgets, but you can't do that uh, in these industries. So we have lots of layers of checks and balances and compliance, uh, but meeting Kirk was life-changing brother. And, and here's why um, I had already been, I looked up to him, mm. right? Because he, he was known and still is as one of the experts in marketing and branding. And his focus was really branding. Like 
he could help you come up with just this unbelievable brand. And all of my clients, Eric, uh, as a financial services coach at the time, that was their biggest issue, messaging, right? Being able to really separate themselves in the marketplace. And uh, I wanted to partner with him. Uh, and then we had this idea to do podcasting. Um, and then that just took on a life of its own. And then we, I folded my company, he folded his company. We became partners uh, and then opened what is now Proudmouth. It was originally called Top Advisor Marketing because my coaching company was called Top Advisor Coaching. And I had a little bit more name recognition in the marketplace. Gotcha. Okay. And you guys have this influence accelerator system and academy, which if I was reading right, it grew to like over $2 million in four years, which is crazy. When folks go through this academy and you work with clients, what is it that you take people through? Well, so here, here's the kicker. Everything that we do to grow our business is what we ended up. So we start out with zero clients, zero revenue four and a half years ago. Yeah. And we're on a run rate to do a little over 2 million this year. And so and we built everything off the podcast. Everything is built off the podcast. And so we decided, well, what the heck? Um, the biggest issue in the world of podcasting, and, and Eric, you and I were talking before, I just went to the biggest um, podcast convention in Nashville, Tennessee a little while ago. And here's the thing. Nobody talked about making you good behind the microphone. Hmm. Everybody's like, oh, here's how you monetize your podcast and here's how you get great guests. But nobody wanted to talk about technique, the show, the business behind it. So that's what we've built. Uh, and so the Podstar Academy is what it's called now. And uh, we help you be a Podstar. Uh, run your podcast like a business, use it for your business and use it to actually really monetize it. Uh, because sponsors are one thing, dude. But when you can take your podcast and direct somebody to your day job or what you want to be when you grow up and charge for those services. I mean, we've produced over 3,600 podcasts and 45,000 social media posts in the last four and a half years, wow. right? In, in that's not including the 350 podcasts that we have done, you know, cause our top advisor marketing podcast, we're about 350. We just recorded that. Come and on. dude, this is, this, well, that's all I do. Well, you and yeah. I, yeah, I talked to you about that before, right? I yeah, mean, this, yeah. I, I have two jobs. I talk about podcasting and I'm podcasting. So that's a, yeah. and uh, we love it. We love the system and are super excited to start sharing it with everybody. The Academy, Eric, is very simple. We know not everybody will will pay our fees to do everything for them. Yeah. And so we figured, well, what the hell? Let's show them everything, like everything that we do, the formulas that we use, the systems that we've built, the techniques that we use for everything is built into the academy. So if you want to learn how to podcast like a professional podcasting company and create kick-ass social media, yeah, you join the Podstar Academy. It's like 50 bucks a month or some crap like that, and you get access to everything. Wow. Man, people need to be joining that for sure, especially these newer podcasters and just people who are wanting to take their podcast to another level for sure. Yeah. But now, one of the things that you and I have talked about, and one thing that it's very important for you is it has that people have to give themselves permission to be them, right? So you have to give yourself permission to be you, right? It, why is that such a big, important thing for you? Oscar Wilde said, you might as well be yourself because everyone else is taken, right? And I was driving around with my son a couple of days ago and, and he's getting into the workforce. He just graduated from high school. He wants an entry level IT position. And um, so we're working on his resume and his LinkedIn profile and all of that sort of stuff. And, and he says, dad, I, I kind of feel like I have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? Like, wow, at 18, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't feel like I was an imposter until I was 40, but um, you know, at 18. Um, and I said, here's the deal. 
you know, what people are going to hire is you. People want to connect with you. When people put on all of these facades, and especially in financial services, dude, it's all about the watch, the car, the house, the square footage, the trips you took. I mean, it's so egocentric and, and, and people don't want to buy from egocentric people. That's why they have to sell. Mm -hmm. If you are unapologetically yourself, you attract the right people to you. So they will buy from you. And then you don't have to do all that crappy sales stuff that makes most of us feel dirty. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do all of the sales for my company and I don't sell at all. Right. You come in, I talk to you about who you are and what you do. I want to know who you are. And if you have that, right, it's hard to quantify that, Eric. Yeah, but if I yeah. feel, I just, it, today, perfect example. Uh, his, his, uh, his, what was his name? Uh, it doesn't really matter, but I just want to remember. Steven. So I had a call with Steven today. And this dude was himself. He was confident in himself. He had strong opinions about things. Doesn't matter if I agree with him or not but he had strong opinions about things. He was confident in who he was and that's what people are gonna connect with because as you know, people like leaders. Yep, yeah. And they will follow you to the ends of the earth if, you, if they believe in you. And we believe that using podcasting as a medium to build that relationship, to have your personality shine through is the only way to do it. Because if you try to show up and be somebody else, that other somebody else has already taken that spot. You gotta make your own. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so big on that. I just being real with people when you go to interviews and for jobs or anything like that. And I've like probably lost a lot of jobs just because I was just me. Like yeah. they know that when I'm coming in there, I've got a big beard, right? Like they, they want a particular look or, you know, yeah. they want someone to be like hardcore pushy sales guy. And that just was never me. And, you know, I've been blessed to, to work with the companies that I do uh, because I just went in there just being myself and let them know, Hey, you know what, this is what I look like, but who cares? I'm going to come in here. I'm going to do 110% of, you know, for you every day. And I love that. You know, you and I were both pot passionate about podcasting and it's helped me grow my business exponentially, you know, but how has podcasting helped you and your business? And why do you think it is such a game changer for experts? It's super intimate, Eric. That's the whole kicker, right? Yeah. When you're listening to a podcast, you're listening to it in your quiet time. And I say this a lot, but when is the last time you were invited into your ideal prospects quiet time without being creepy, right? right? Uh, and, and that's it for podcasts, <laughs> so right? People, people listen to it while they're exercising, while they're driving, while they're cooking or whatever, and it's opt-in marketing. That's why it's so powerful. Yeah. And it also gives you an opportunity to build relationships and maintain relationships with people when it's convenient for them. And this is why, so I get pushback all the time about video, right? So everybody wants to do video, you know, Matt, I have to do video. Well, first off, are you trained to be behind the camera, right? Uh, you know, do you know what your face looks like? Do you know how to gesture appropriately? Do you know where, I mean, lighting, blah, 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 blah. But it's not portable. Like, well, I mean, I shouldn't watch videos when I'm driving, right? right. If I'm cooking, I'm probably not watching a video because I'm in the middle of cooking. Yeah. And so podcasts are just wicked portable. And the other important thing is the people who consume podcasts consume them for three things, entertainment, education and storytelling and we call it the perfect podcast formula so education entertainment storytelling and then for us it's called action so everybody who's listening to your show you got to tell them to do something because if they invested 30 minutes 20 minutes 15 minutes with you it's okay to ask them to do something now don't do the hard salesy schmucky thing what can i do to get you in this car today sort of crap right. it's take this next step right so we're if you look at the marketing funnel 
podcasting and the content that we create is really top of the funnel and middle of the funnel. So we actually cover two components of funnel type marketing, but then you have to still like, respond, comment, you know, and still reach out to close the business. But what I found, dude, is if you've listened to 10, 15 of my episodes, I'm not closing you anyway. We're mm -hmm. just seeing if it's a right fit, if we're within your budget and, and, you know, philosophically we're aligned. And if that's the case, we'll welcome you to our family. Uh, but if not, we, we don't. Love it. And one of the things I, I noticed on your website when I was reading through Proudmouth is you guys talk about these three myths that uh, stop professionals from podcasting. What are those three myths? Well, I have to remember all of them because we I think we are up to seven now. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And so so the first one is is I don't have anything to talk about. And and that's yeah. that's the worst thing possible. You're an expert. You talk all day. Yeah. I mean, either you're uh, you're doing something that allows you to flex that expertise muscle every day. And basically what people just need is somebody to pull it out of them. And so our formula and how we kind of overcome that myth or that challenge is we, we have an, in, uh, an interview conversation style. So all of our podcasts are co-hosted much like what you do, right? So you interview a guest. So I have professional voice talents who interview our clients, and then we teach our clients to start interviewing the people that they want to interview, right? So there's number one. The second big myth is it's expensive to start. Yes. Man, dude, now you have a great <laughs> microphone. You've got the Shure SM7B or you've got the new one. Which one do you have? It's the MV7. And MV7, I just so it's the new one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and I've got a Shure SM58 now. I've got a Rodecaster Pro. I've got all sorts of lighting. But remember, I am a professional podcast, what I do for a living. Um, but all in, I'm probably at 500 bucks, right? Yeah. Now that's all in professional gear. Yeah. Right. Like I can, I can do stuff like this. Right. Did you hear that? Right. So I, I've got all sorts of fun stuff in, I don't, I hardly ever use those, but, um, you can start with your phone and a pair of old Apple earbuds. Yeah. Right. It just it, it log on to riverside.fm or Zencaster or Blueberry or any of those companies. And you can be podcasting quickly. Now, the last thing is, 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 is will I run out of energy, right? So there's something called pod fade. And, and this is a real thing. Yeah. People have great intentions. There are five podcasts in, seven podcasts in, and they're not getting the listeners that they want. They're not getting the results that they want. It's because one, it's a long play marketing. It's not short-term marketing. It's not lead generation. It's long-term marketing. Um, and it's called pod fade and they quit. And so what we do is we help you create eight to 12 podcast outlines before you ever hit record. And the reason why is because I want you to have the confidence that you know what you're going to be talking about 12 months in, six months in, right? Instead of just like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about in the next podcast? So we, for the niche that we work in, which is experts, and we've lived in financial services for a long time. I've got over 150 podcast outlines that my wow. clients can tap into. But I mean, you know, uh, the other big myth, and I'm just going to add the fourth one here, if you don't mind, which yeah. is um, I need to have thousands and thousands of people listen to my show. If you have 3,900 downloads to your podcast, you're in the top 1% in the whole world. Mm. Come on. Dude, most people, I mean, if you're getting 100, 200, 300, you're still within the top 25% of all podcasts that are out there, right? So I think people have really unrealistic expectations. And so we really quell that at the beginning, right? Look, here's the deal. If you get 
20 on your first show, great. Right now we have a launch technique that increases that. I don't need to get into all of that, but you know, you're going to build over time and that's the goal. And that's mm. what you've done, right? I mean, you remember yeah. how many people listen to your first show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, and I can't even go back to watch it because, you know, for me, when I started, <laughs> I didn't even know about the audio version. I was mm -hmm. just uploading videos to YouTube and Facebook mm -hmm. in my walk-in closet with really bad lighting, bad microphone, all this stuff. And I just wanted to talk with people. And that was why I started, you know, and here we are four years later. And, and obviously I've upgraded the mic and the camera yeah. and I got lights and stuff like that. But over time, like that has come and I never paid attention to the numbers, to the downloads, yeah. you know, but like, if I look back and go, yeah, man, I just, I killed that show. Like, there's no way Like, I'm almost embarrassed to look at episode one and two, you know, and, and listen to those shows. And for me, like, I never really paid attention to the numbers because I was just passionate about talking with people. And I didn't really care about the number of downloads and didn't really care about even monetizing my show until like the last year it started to just happen. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a huge blessing. And I just hit 10,000 downloads on my show just in June of this year. But it took three years to hit to that number. I was just, you know, yeah. and, but I, like I said, I never paid attention to it. I just did it because I loved it. And I think if people are wanting to get in the podcast, they just have to do it because they love it. And, you know, don't expect to jump out and be like Joe Rogan right away. Right. You know, right. right. <laughs> and, and that's not going to happen. Right. And you're not going to get somebody who's going to offer you thousands of dollars a month, yeah. uh, you know, right out of the gate for your show. Yeah. Uh, that's why we believe that there's an entirely different way to monetize your show. So, you know, let's say you do have a, a hobby and you have an Etsy store podcast is perfect right now. Don't hire me for that because we would be cost prohibitive for you. But if you follow what you've, what you've done, Eric, specifically, mm -hmm. uh, if you, you know, had an interest in joining the Podstar Academy or hell, Google some stuff, go on YouTube. There are millions of videos on how to be a good podcaster, how to get your stuff started. Yep. Um, just, you got to start, uh, yes. just start and then don't quit. Yeah. Uh, keep it up. It's all about consistency. We say this to business owners all the time. If you have 30 podcasts in the can before your competition starts, you're 30 times more credible than they are. And yes. that's just the case. You all you have to do as an expert, Eric, is if you say, Hey, I've got a podcast and you're a professional, an attorney, whatever, carpenter, doesn't matter. If you're a carpenter and you say, Hey, by the way, um, you know, you bid out a job and maybe you're a little bit more than somebody else, but you say to that person, Hey, you know what? I've got a podcast about home improvement, deck building, whatever I do. Um, dude, you're way more professional in the perception of the prospect than you are if you don't. Yes. What is your favorite and least favorite things about podcasting? <laughs> well, my favorite thing is, is you, right? I get to interview and I, just so everybody knows, I interviewed Eric for our show. Uh, I, I absolutely love meeting people. Yes. I love asking them questions. I love hearing their stories. Uh, you and I are, are freaking brothers from another mother from that yeah. dude. I mean, that's, <laughs> totally. we both live for that. And, and yep. so that's my absolute favorite thing. My least favorite thing is post-production, right? Uh, you know, and I'm really good at it. I've been editing since I was 13 years old, uh, editing audio when we had razor blades and actual scotch tape. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, now that with the digital audio workstations, it's very easy, but it's very tedious. And I'm, a, I'm not a perfectionist with many things in the world. Uh, in fact, I'm not at all in most things. Uh, but man, audio editing, I'm... So I, it takes me longer than I want to. Luckily, I have a whole team that does that for our clients now and me. Uh, but dude, I, I just can't stand that component. I'm with you on that. The, the post-production is is by far the, the most pain in the butt, tedious thing that I 
do on a daily basis trying to stay up with all my shows, man. Uh, but the networking piece of it is by far the best part of it. You yeah. know, I just, I'm fascinated with people's stories. I love to connect with new people and uh, man, truly blessed to have been a guest on your show and the just truly blessed to call you my friend, man. Cause yeah, I think dude. you're just a stud out there, man. And, and you're changing lives. One quick question. How do you define success? Oh, so for us, it's retaining and maintaining relationships with, with existing people. So our focus with the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast and the Be Your Own Law Podcast isn't to just have people inquire about our services. It's to continue to build relationships with people that we know in our network, in our social circles. So I think that just getting stuff in the can and getting it produced and syndicated out everywhere, good show notes, that that's real success. Um, do we wanna make money from it? Yes. Do I get 90% of our clients from the podcast and from LinkedIn? Yes. Um, but do I really consider that success? I, I, wanna, I wanna be, I kinda wanna rise above that, Eric, and that, that's necessary we have 25 team members, you know, I've got a business partner, uh, I've got bills to pay. I don't want to diminish that component of it because podcasting has been the best gift I've ever given myself uh, to grow a business. It really is. But I like that I've done 350 episodes, right? I've been on over a thousand podcasts. You know what I mean? You Come think on. about the, the reach that this schmuck from Kalamazoo, Michigan has hopefully had as an impact on the world. I'm just honored to have the opportunity to even do that. And so I try to come from a place of being humble and grateful on that. I really do. Um, everything else is just gravy. So mm -hmm. I, I might not be the best person to ask that question to. Um, I mean, when we went over a hundred episodes, man, we, we partied hard, man. I mean, it was a huge celebration, 200, yeah. 250, right. You know, our goal now is to get to a thousand episodes and, um, you know, man, and it lives forever, right? I mean, good, bad, and different, man, our first podcast sucked, uh, but they're still there, uh, yeah. cause they're good reminders of how far we've gotten in the process. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm a big music guy. So I've asked the question, like, what's a favorite band for you? Or do you have a favorite type of music you like to listen to? So I'm wearing a Wu-Tang shirt right now. Come on. Uh, so I'm a big, uh, so I, I grew up with nineties gangster rap. And so yes. that's my go-to, uh, you know, I love, so I love that. So anything yeah. from, you know, Biggie to most deaf to Talib Kweli, Wu-Tang public enemy. I'm a huge public enemy guy. Um, but I also like, Billy Strings, who's a bluegrass guy. Uh, Led Zeppelin is probably my favorite band of all times. Um, so I have a really eclectic, but then I'm a huge jazz music fan. That was, you know, talked about that early on with my, my stepdad teaching me about jazz, a yeah. huge jazz collection. So um, music is huge in my family. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've got a pregame. Uh, so before every podcast, because everybody needs to remember, Eric, that this is a show yep. and you should warm up for the show like you would if you were going to be on stage singing and dancing, doing jazz hands and stuff. Yeah. And so I've got my guitar sitting over here and I sing uh, a couple of songs before every show to warm up my instrument, make sure my energy's up. Because, I mean, you gave me the gift of being on your show. If I came on your show and I, I phoned it in, uh, I mean, that's disrespectful to you. It's disrespectful to your audience. So, you know, we, we take this very seriously. I take this yeah. very seriously and music's a huge component on how I do that. I love that. I was just jamming to Tupac and Biggie this last week and like bone thugs, man. Yeah. And it's just like been into that a lot lately. Yeah. 
and a bit like I was a big metalhead, but uh, when I sure. worked for Universal Records, it kind of opened up my eyes to other. And then in 1999, I saw Rage Against the Machine. It was supposed oh. to be Wu Tang open up for them, and then ODB got arrested like the week before, and they dropped out of the show. And I was so oh. bummed. Uh, but then they got replaced by the Roots, and oh. the Roots opened up for Rage, and I'd never heard them before. But man, they were amazing to see live. And then, of course, Rage was was by far one of my best concerts. So Black Thought was on a, a radio show called Sway in the Morning, Sway Forty Five, and he. Uh, so what Sway does is he brings people on, and they have to they have to just go live, right? No pre recorded. This is you know extemporaneous stuff. Black Thoughts, who's the lead rapper or the lead head of the Roots, right? Yeah. Um, his freestyle on Sway Forty Five is the best piece of poetry and rap I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I'm a huge Rage fan, by the way. Nice. Uh, I, I think it's so funny, some of the people who are using Rage Against the Machine right now, because uh, they don't realize that they're the damn machine. Right. Uh, but whatever, <laughs> man, so that's all right. It's good for them. So. That's awesome. Where's the best place for folks to connect and follow with you and Proudmouth at, man? Yeah, so uh, we're we're pretty business-oriented, right? So yeah. LinkedIn is where you want to be. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, if you message me, and this is how you and I got connected, uh, you know, message me on LinkedIn. You know, If you type in my name, I've been on LinkedIn since, I don't know, 2004. Okay. And so, I mean, I've been there forever. Uh, you can look at all the crazy stuff that I've done, but uh, LinkedIn is great. And then our website's proudmouth.com. Uh, if you want to check out, you know, examples of what we do and who we work with. Uh, and if there's anything that I can do to help you podcast, uh, you can, you can message me on LinkedIn and I will provide you with whatever guidance. Cause here's the deal. Our goal is to help people rise above the noise and be their own loud. You don't have to hire me to do that. You're going to help me achieve my life's mission of getting people like Eric's voice out in the marketplace, your voice out in the marketplace as a listener. Let's see what we can do to uh, take wall street crap, corporate communication and beat them and bring it back to main street, bring it back home. Cause we're the ones who really know what's going on. And we're the ones whose voices matter the most. Yes. Oh, Matt, such an honor to have you on my show, man. Thank you for sharing your tips, knowledge, your story, man. Such an honor. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos, or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just gonna lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallonmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.